We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday september 5th 2023 welcome everybody to the pack a day podcast and some of the most sweet words that i could possibly say ladies and gentlemen it is game week the green bay packers play the chicago bears On Sunday, I remember when I was younger, I watched a show called The League, which if you guys are familiar, is a show about fantasy football. And Andre, one of the characters, said, this week is college football, but next week it'll be the NFL. And I love college football for what it is. It's a great game to watch. I enjoyed watching Brian Kelly get his face mashed in over the weekend. Um, And then I think everybody here, I know uh, Maryland won, uh, Baby Tua, Talia Tagovailoa had a big day. Mm -hmm. Illinois won. I don't know if you care about them anymore or not. They scraped by. by. Michigan got a big win. North Dakota State plays this weekend, which Ross is definitely big on. Ross isn't here. But I'm joined by the crew, and you heard his voice first. Our guest of honor for the season, as we announced back in June, July. I don't remember exactly when. Uh, But he's here now with us every Tuesday for the rest of the season. Trey Watson. Trey, welcome to the show. And I know we did the intro the last time you were here, but it's been a while. So just kind of let us know. Uh, who you are, what you're doing, how, how we got here, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, man. Like you said, uh, Trey Watson, currently a linebacker, still in the XFL, played uh, this past season with the St. Louis Battlehawks, hoping to be able to do that same thing again. Uh, obviously, you know, 
football season starting, but I'm right in the middle of my off season being a spring football guy right now. Uh, so, you know, enjoying being able to get on the show with you guys, talk Packers, talk NFL football. Uh, hopefully this is a, a fun season for, for all of us, have a lot of great things to talk about. Uh, and at the same time, also talking about Maryland football, doing a, a podcast with Beyond the Big Ten, um, partnering with them and talking all things Terps. Uh, you know, hopefully we can keep it going there and have some have some good topics as well. So, uh, you know, having fun in the podcast world. It's, it's pretty cool. Get to talk. Nothing better than talking football, man. You know what I mean? I think I speak for all of us when I say I hope this is temporary because <laughs> you got a call from the NFL. That's what I mean when I say that, of course. So hopefully. No, nah, we're hoping you do this, Trey. Nope. Even, <laughs> yeah, yeah. even if he you're signed, playing in the NFL, you got to show up on uh, Monday nights and record that. Yeah, he yeah. signs uh, with the Vikings and they're playing in the middle of a Monday night game, but you got to be ready to roll. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> who is, here, I got a question. This this sparks my mind. Who is, who is a, a Terp that was a Packer? Uh, that you I mean, can remember. Terrell Manning? Terrell Manning. Oh, sorry, you weren't asking. Old one. Eight. An old one I wouldn't know. Obviously, you know, played with Savage, and he's you know, oh, still yeah, yeah. a Packer. So, yeah. so there's that. Uh, you know, we were in the same draft class. Um, I'm trying to think, like, before him, um, I really wouldn't know. I had some former Illinois teammates who were Packers, so James Crawford, Geronimo Allison. Yeah, um, yeah they, they were there in the past couple of years. Uh, played with like a couple different guys. Micah Abernathy was there for a little bit last year. Yeah. Played really pr- played really well in the preseason. I played with him in the XFL in 2020. Um, so I mean, obviously there's a lot of crossover there, but I can't think of like old Terps who have been there. Um, just off the top of my head. And there's always been. I'm just like there's always been Terps that I've always really liked throughout the draft. Probably like uh, Chig Conquo with Tennessee right now. Big time, big time draft crush of mine. Uh, and Nick Cross, another guy that's in the in the mm-hmm. league now with the Colts, liked him out of Maryland a lot. But Sat, I forgot, man, I forgot you played with Darnell because yeah. Darnell coming out of college too was was a ton of fun. And obviously, a guy that's in a, you know, he's in a big big spot this year for the Packers. Kind of, you know, they picked up that fifth year option, and some fans were skeptical of that. So he's got a great opportunity to kind of just go out and make some money, make some money this year. And as Packers fans, we're all we're all hoping for that. So. But yeah, yeah, make but yeah or, a make or break year. And if you want to talk about guys on the team that that raised the ceiling a little bit, uh, Savage is one of them just because it's kind of like the uh, the Luke Musgrave thing at tight end. I, I wrote something earlier today is like this is a big year for Musgrave simply because there ain't nobody else there right now. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of the plan there. Savage kind of the same thing. It's him and and a bunch of journeymen at this point. Uh, so they don't have any proven contributors at that position. Savage has had his moments, but the consistency has been up and down. The coaches say it's been there. We'll see if that remains the case. But, guys, it's game week, so let's get into it right away. Uh, it is the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field on Sunday, September 10th. It'll be a 325 Central kickoff time. I'm a little bummed that doesn't mean Joe Buck and Troy Aikman anymore like it used to. If you want those guys out in your games, that means it's Monday Night Football, which the Packers have at least one of those this year, I think maybe two. Uh, so you at least get that fixed if you're into those guys. If you're not, then you get to avoid them. Good for you if, if that is the case. But Morley, it's the Jordan Love versus Justin Fields storyline, and it sounds like maybe that's been beaten to death. But it's kind of a big deal. Like This game is uh, no shortage of takes will come out of this game. If Chicago wins, Justin Fields is the second coming. The ownership of the Chicago Bears is over, and it is a changing of the guard. 
And if Green Bay wins, I was talking about this with a couple friends that live here locally last night. The collective groan from, oh, my God, they got another one will come to the forefront. So just what's your excitement level for this Sunday's game? It's Jordan Love's first start as the team's preferred starting quarterback, uh, a brand new basically group of receivers around him, uh, Christian Watson, Samari Toure, and Romeo Dobbs, second-year players and the oldest receivers with the most NFL experience on the team as we sit here and speak right now. But what's your comfort level and just kind of thought process with Love as he goes on the road for his first career start as the starter? I mean, I think Kyle Brandt laid it out really well this week. I don't know what he was on. He might have been talking to Schrager, but – basically talking about how his father would talk about how Favre would always just wreck them. And he's like, once Favre is gone, we'll be good. And then, excuse me, that was the worst time to need to cough. But he <laughs> talked about that, and then he talks about Aaron Rodgers, you know, coming in and being better. And so I think Brant kind of put it at there is so much anxiety <clears throat> in Chicago right now that like, could have they gotten another one? Could have they gotten another guy? And the odds are very much against that. Right. And we're well aware of that. We're so well aware that Jordan Love is probably not going to be Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, that echelon of, of quarterback, but he might be, but he might be, you know, and that's where the excitement is. I think with Packers fans is we don't know. You've seen the talent, you've seen the arm, you've seen the comfortability that he has within this offense right now. It's time for him to play. And that's that's all that's really left. We have evaluated every throw, every snap, everything he has done really for the last three years since he's been in the league. It's just time for him to play. And I'm comfortable with him. I think he's going to go out and play, you know, really a really effective brand of football is kind of what we've seen from him so far. And I think we're going to see him grow into the playmaker side of it. Um, but, I, you know, it's also maybe not going to all happen in week one. And I think Packers fans need to understand that, too, that, you know, win by 50, lose by 50. It doesn't really matter. You know, we've seen this team before get get bopped in the first week and then kind of rally the troops and be able to come back and um, right the ship and, and be competitive for the rest of the year. So. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised with anything, and I think that's really the exciting part of this season, which we've talked about so much. The range of outcomes uh, for these guys are are so, so wide. I think what we've seen in the preseason with Jordan, uh, maybe the range of outcomes has shrunk a little bit. I don't think this team wins two games all year with a healthy Jordan Love. Um, but do they win 12? Do they win 13? That would be that would be the very very high end of everything hitting everything firing on all cylinders, um, and Goody and Lafleur basically just putting their nuts on the table and being like, "Hey, we we did this. This is us. This was the vision. This is what we saw." Um, and man, if that does happen, if you think Colorado is taking a victory lap after one <laughs> week right now, wait till you see Packers Twitter if Jordan Love goes out. Or Bears Twitter. I mean, heck, flip it on his head, right? Bears Twitter would be the same way if they go out and, you know, Justin Fields throws for three touchdowns and 300 yards, runs for one. I mean, it's uh, that's what's the, the, so much fun about this rivalry as well. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And, Trey, I wanted to ask you this because I know <clears> – <throat> You're someone that looks through this lens of NFL football through just a different 
different lens than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And one one particular play that stood out to me that I thought was I thought you broke down really well. And, and it's also a good microcosm of how overanalyzed preseason football is anyways. But it was the throw to Christian where, you know, love missed him by a good four or five yards. You know, Christian yeah. had to turn. Did he get two hands on the ball? Yeah. You know, all that stuff. But all around, not a great play. A, a great play that should have been great that both mm-hmm. those guys probably could have made a bigger play. Um, but you said something that I thought was was really interesting. And you were critical of Jordan with that throw. And I think that's fair. But I think a lot of people are, are going to look at that and miss the point, the part after it that you followed up with. And you were just like, nine and 10 are going to hit that so many times that we're just going to not even talk about this in, mm-hmm. you know, five weeks. And where where is your mindset with Jordan right now after watching him? Because we've all talked about it all offseason, but you've been watching the games too, obviously. Where is your level of comfort with, you know, 10 coming in there, taking the reins? What have you seen from him to either encourage you or to be discouraged? Man, I think, you know, um, watching the preseason games, I think it hurts not being able to see, like, as many clips from – practice and the joint practice and the scrimmages like all the other teams do with the the Packers uh you know media restrictions and video and all that kind of stuff Fort Knox, you know, man. Fort Knox. yeah yeah it's, it's it's a little different there so you don't get as much of a view as you would from everyone else literally got to scroll through y'all's threads of hey man he went two for three in this period four for five in this period but <laughs> so you know solely looking at the preseason games man um what you see is he he looks comfortable the offense looked under control with Jordan at the helm. Um, and when you have a quarterback in the NFL, that's that's what you need. It can't be, uh, does it really look like he can throw the ball down the field? And we got to eliminate that from the offense. Does it really look like we can trust him, you know, on third and eight to to throw needle one in there when it's, you know, coverage is kind of tight? It might not be wide open. You know what I mean? Like that throw that you just, oh, that's easy. Jordan showed – he was comfortable in the pocket. He could move around and, you know, he's definitely a better athlete than people really give him credit for. Um, and that's going to, you know, that's going to help him, especially as he's getting going and, you know, really understanding the flow of the game during the regular season. Um, but you got You got to love what you saw. I think that that play with he and Christian, like you said, that was a perfect example. And it really sets the table for the entire season. Um, there's there's things that both he and Christian needed to do better on that play. Um, and it honestly is one that, you know, it should be easy. That should be the – if they give us that look, they let you get that open, it's a touchdown. Any game that we see them do that, it should be a touchdown every single time. Um, and I think as we see them build that chemistry and get that flow going, um, you know, who the sky is the limit for those kind of plays. Uh, because when you're able to have that explosive downfield passing game – it, it opens so much. You know, we've got a talented running back stable. We got an athletic tight end, multiple athletic tight ends that they brought in. Um, and you got two other, you know, hopefully Romeo can be that that trust, that guy that you can just rely on. And, hey, we need to pass over the middle, you know, right between the linebackers. He catches it, takes the hit, get what you need. You got Jaden who showed a lot of potential on the slot. Um, you know, as long as he's consistent with his hand, really as long as all the receivers are consistent with catching the balls they need to catch. Um, you know, I have – all the confidence in the world that Jordan can get it done. Uh, and, and the Packers fans will be very pleased. Selfishly, 
I am bummed because that was my daughter's first preseason game, and it was literally like right in the end zone we were standing. Oh in. man! So Watson was like literally lined up with me, mm-hmm. and I saw the release, and I went, "Oh shit!" Like <laughs> he's gonna score. And as soon as Love like wound up, I was like, "Touchdown!" And then I saw it was underthrown, and I'm like, "That would have been like the coolest thing ever for my little girl to see that." And then they scored mm-hmm. on the other end. I'm like, "That all sucks." So like, cool. <laughs> Happy Christian got the touchdown that he should have had yeah. like three plays earlier. Christian but still would have preferred that to be in front of Christian him. still ended the drive with the touchdown catch too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That Which was I the think back is. shoulder, like trust throw. And we've, yeah. And man, if, if Christian and Jordan get that back shoulder down, good luck. Good luck. Cause I mean, what do you do? You have to, yeah, that's speed. That's a tough one. Right. And, and that's so the thing tough. Trey pointed to was the comfort and things that you don't have to pull out of the offense. I think something that, Love did this preseason, um, which you kind of alluded to, but uh, I'll say like explicitly was like that third down play you're talking about. Coverage is tighter. Like what Jordan Love is letting it rip. Like mm-hmm. there is none of that. Like the worst times, the worst throws you can ever see with a quarterback is when like Aaron Rodgers, for example, at his worst, and this is a lot of quarterbacks too, at their worst is when you can see them kind of hitching with their delivery. Like they're not sure they want to throw it there. And then the ball comes out funky or it goes out behind them or they take a sack that they didn't need to take. Like they're not either not sure of what they're seeing, not confident in what they're seeing, not trusting, you know, what there's a multitude of things that can happen with that. I don't recall any plays like that in the preseason where love was like double clutching. And he had a few of those. Like if you go back and watch the preseason in 2022 or his start against Kansas city, which there was a bunch of that stuff, or even his extended cameo against Detroit, that's where Morley you're talking about, the range of outcomes for this team changing. Yeah, it was possible. Like if Jordan Love was consistently doing the stuff that we saw in that Kansas City game or that Detroit game in this preseason, like it's not out of the realm of possibility that they only win three games, excuse me, because typically bad quarterback play leads to bad performance on the field. That's It's just such an important position, especially in today's NFL. I don't care if you have the Sports Illustrated perfect pat cover at receiver. Like, you can't just plug in some random person who stinks up the place and say, get these guys the ball and go. Like, there's some level of competence that has to be acquired. And Love has that now. I I think at the bare, bare minimum is he'll be able to do what is asked of him. And I think you've seen in practices, there was a touchdown. uh, It was the first Monday practice. I was in – so it was like the end of July – he hit Watson on a slot fade. Like that was something that he made a check. They kind of like gave each other the look. They, they understood the hand signals. If you guys want to go with that <laughs> joke, and he, hit, he hit Watson deep down the field. There's another play like that where same practice, he rolled to his right and tried to hit Jaden Reed down the right sideline. And then that play actually made it. Well, both of these plays made it on Twitter uh, less than legally, I guess, but he hit Reed in the hands. Reed didn't catch the ball. Like, I think you're going to see that range of outcomes all over the place too is, but that the wow factor, if you will, can be there with Jordan love. And that could start on Sunday. And if I were to draw up a, a game for Jordan loves first ever start, that may end up wrong about this. Maybe the bears have improved immensely on defense, but their defense last year was terrible. Uh, and there's really no way to sugarcoat that. They were the worst passing defense in the NFL and they were the worst pass rushing defense in the NFL. Now they did add, Demarcus Walker, they did add Yannick Ngakwe, who Ngakwe's had like 19 sacks in the last two seasons. He is good at rushing the passer. He's just kind of a one-dimensional player at this point of his career, though, because he's hunting sacks, very similar to like what you guys probably saw Zadarius Smith doing the latter part of last season in Minnesota or kind of what he did in Green Bay for a period of time as well. And when you do that, 
there's ways to take advantage of that. You know, Green Bay probably wants to run the ball a little bit. And when you've got defensive ends flying up the field like that, those linebackers they sign better be really good because otherwise, you know, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, whoever, they're going to run right past those guys. Uh, and I think they'll have the capability of doing that. And then the easiest, the equalizer for every quarterback ever is him getting hit. You know, 2007 Tom Brady, maybe the best season we've ever seen, or 2011 Aaron Rodgers, or 2014 Aaron Rodgers, or name any season Pat Mahomes has had. When they get hit, that equalizes everything because then they start worrying about other stuff, looking at the rest. It's human nature. That's just kind of how how it works. Chicago can't do that, or they haven't shown the ability to do that based on what they did last year. So when you put all that together and – David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Zach Tom. Sounds like it's going to be the starting group on the offensive line. That is much better than the group they started a season ago where Royce Newman and Jake Hansen were playing right guard and right tackle. David Bakhtiari didn't play. Yosh Nyman was playing left tackle. Like This is a much better group that they have up front to be able to, one, protect their quarterback, and then the other team, you know, Nick Bosa is not standing on the other side. Joey Bosa is not standing. Miles Garrett, name your stud pass rusher. They don't have him. So Love should be able to be comfortable in the pocket. And Morley, you had something during the preseason, too, that the last two weeks of the preseason, they gave up one quarterback hit. They gave up one sack in the whole preseason, and it was the third-string offensive line with Alex Magoo playing quarterback. So who knows what the reasoning for that might be. Like This group played incredibly well during the preseason and should be able to keep the quarterback upright and and comfortable it's just a preseason man it doesn't matter <laughs> it's just a preseason those 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 pass rushers weren't trying to get to the quarterbacks right and, and i agree with you the those only guys the only counterpoint i would give to yeah. you is there's 10 guys that, that played that well like right. there was that many that's a lot of guys yeah no it is and uh <clears throat> something as we kind of transition to the bears um something i wanted to ask trey because he's you know, played in the in, you know in the front seven at a, a really high level. Um, Kenny Clark today was asked about you know the run game and how how is it going to be different this year? And he talked about a different plan. And I think a lot of Packers fans are very much uh, cautiously optimistic, but would mostly, I would guess, admit like I need to see this. I need to see it before I believe in anything the defense is going to do. Uh, but uh, this was Kenny's quote. This is from Paul Brettel. Um, He said. We got a different plan. You'll see on Sunday as far as the plan, as far as techniques and everything, how we are playing defense. We're being more aggressive, going to move a little bit. You got guys like myself, Kenny Clark, uh, TJ Slayton, uh, Devontae Wyatt, that can play stout and can get off blocks. That's all we got to do. Get off blocks and at the end of the day, stop and run. Stop the run and plug gaps. Um, But, Trey, what stood out to me, you know, and – for his fans listening, the Packers run a 3-4 defense. And typically, in a 3-4 defense, you're asking the down linemen to just eat blocks. And that's not something we always saw last year with the Packers. They did a lot of sub-package stuff where it would just be Kenny and you know TJ or, or Dean or whoever was out there. Uh, but he's talking about a different plan this year. And when you hear that, you know, different plan, different technique, stuff like that, where does your mind go when you hear things like that? Um, I mean, to be honest, it's it's kind of hard, especially because, like, you know, they didn't change defensive coordinators. It's not like they're running a different version of their system. Um, 
So, you know, it's not like they just wipe the slate clean and they're, they're playing a whole new style of defense. Um, you know, just, just thinking about it, if I had to say anything, I'd say that the simplest thing that they could do or he could be referring to is guys playing unselfish, disciplined, gap sound football. Um, you know, run game in, in football period is literally just math. It's do we have more guys on this side than you that can execute properly? four to block three, three to block three plus one, one-on-one with a corner or whatever, a matchup that you like. That's what that's what run game is, um, and that's how you determine how successful you can be. Now, obviously, last year the defense had all these expectations coming in. Um, I think on paper everyone was like, hey, this defense could be legit. And then at times it was, you know, the polar opposite. So what he could really be referring to is, is guys just being more sound and doing their job. If if you're the one technique and you got to hold the A gap and you're going to have a double team, stay in there. You can't be jumping out to the B gap. And then now there's two guys coming up on the linebacker. That's how you turn a three yard play into a 12 yard play. And now now they're moving the ball on you. And, you know, once that once that gets going, um, teams know you're jumping out of your gaps. You're doing what you're not supposed to be doing. They'll attack you. And uh, that happened a lot last season. So in the simplest form, that could be what he's referring to is is just. Guys doing their own job. Obviously, Kenny's been dominant in the league since he walked in. Um, and last year, you know, just from watching, you, you didn't hear his name as much. He wasn't impacting the game the same way he normally is as one of those top, you know, three, four defensive tackles in the league. Um, so, it, you know, if that's what he's talking about getting back to doing, then, you know, we see the old Kenny Clark and, and we see them become uh, more stout inside. Because, I mean, like he said, it's not like they don't have the guys to do it. Um you know, you got good inside linebackers. You got smart guys who know what they're doing, are athletic enough to get to the ball, get off blocks. Um, you got the inside guys. You got, you know, Rashawn coming back, who's arguably probably the best outside linebacker in the division. Um, you know, as long as he's healthy and feeling confident, and then you got Preston on the other side, who's a vet, um, it does bode well. Like, you know, those guys should be able to be a, a top run defense um, in, in the division. So it's just about, you know, can guys do their job and then do it consistently uh, week in and week out? And that's the they've, – they've used some variation of those types of comments that Clark made uh, to our buddy Paul Brettel all, all offseason. Jerry Montgomery talked about it being a mindset. Kenny Clark has said similar stuff about it being a mindset and technique type stuff. And that's all well and good. Here is the reality – of the situation, at least from a statistical standpoint, since Brian Gutekunst took over as the general manager, the Packers are the worst defense in the NFL against the run. Since Matt LaFleur took over as the head coach, the Packers are the worst defense in the NFL against the run. That's obviously an extension. LaFleur came one year later. Last year, they finished 31st in football siders defensive DVOA against the run. They've been a, and you know what the Raheem Mostert NFC championship game. He ran for 220 yards. The 49ers, could have won that game, in my opinion, without having to drop back to pass once. Like, that is a really tough reality to live in. And I understand that in the modern NFL, that stopping the pass, in theory, is more important than stopping the run. And you start looking at these pass rushers that Green Bay has. You know, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, you mentioned Gary and Preston. Kingsley and Agbury had a great preseason. Lucas Van Ness is a first-round pick. They have high expectations for him. Um, I mean, I the list goes on as far as their edge guys and guys that you're like, man, they could get after the quarterback. 
and they were good last year on third downs when they got to third and obvious passing situations, which I was surprised to learn. <laughs> the problem is they didn't have that many of those situations because they didn't stop the run. And Dick LeBeau used to talk about this, and this is football from the 1980s, is you earn the right to rush the passer. And the Packers far too often, especially in the last four or five years, have not earned the right often enough. And you've seen what happens when they do. You know, the, the 2021 divisional round when Green Bay's playing against San Francisco and they slow down that Niners run game and make Jimmy Garoppolo try and beat them, they're all over the place. I mean, they didn't, they didn't have like 10 sacks against the Niners or nothing like that, but they were in the backfield a bunch. And if you let Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark just say, pin your ears back and go, I feel really good about my chances of getting the quarterback on the ground. The problem is, especially nowadays, when the assisting the runner play, whatever you want to call it, the Jalen Hurts play is legal, third and one, fourth and one is pretty much automatic. Mm -hmm. So you have to get them in third and five and longer. And the Packers haven't done that enough. And it's already that last year opposing teams averaged five yards a rush against the Packers. That's not good enough. And they didn't do anything like their their most significant investments on the defensive line this offseason were a fourth-round pick and a sixth-round pick. And maybe Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks are going to be awesome players right out of the gate. That's rare, first of all. And second of all, those guys' reputation are more penetrators and, and pass rushers more than anything else. And you saw that this preseason. Now, to their credit, for the most part, the Packers did do pretty well against the run in the preseason, but it's preseason. You know, it's different now. They're facing Khalil Herbert, who averaged more than five yards a carry last year. Yep. And Justin Fields is one of the best runners in all of football with the ball in his hands, and that's part of the running game now. Hello, friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals, and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye game six of the NBA finals. Now, thankfully the day of the game, I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used game time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using game time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the game time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, 
Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing, and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We made it. It's officially football season, which means... It's the best time of the year, but also it means that I'm going to be really freaking busy. If you're like me and your busy fall season is already in full swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Factor lets you level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Personally, I'm trying to eat healthier, so their calorie-conscious options are perfect for my meal plan. They have delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Best of all, with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered directly to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash packaday50 and use code packaday50 to get 50% off. That's code packaday50 at factormeals.com slash packaday50 to get 50% off. And that's, that's, you know, you talk about, you know, what gives you anxiety about this first game? Because I'm, I'm very much in the camp of like, hey, you, you need to be able to stop the run, obviously. But you know, I, I think the Packers are kind of in the right mindset of like, you gotta, you're going to have to throw on us, though, to, to beat us. But with this team right the now, Mike Patton quote is, "You will fly to Miami faster than you right. will drive." And I, and I, I that statement. for the most part, agree with that. I mean, obviously, you need to be able to stop the run, though. Still, but uh, what gives me anxiety about this Bears team is not one, not much. Um, and I don't say that to be a troll. I don't say that to hate. But like, we're talking about the worst team in football last year. Um, they added some pieces, but. Is DJ Moore going to take them from worst to first? I don't think so. And I, I love DJ Moore. But talk about Terps, you know, Maryland Terps. But uh, I don't think he's he's not prime Jerry Rice, right? And what gives me anxiety about this Bears team is their ability to run the ball because that's what they want to do. And you look at Matt Eberflus looking at this Packers team, your game plan has to be, hey, you've got this young, explosive offense in Green Bay. We don't know a ton about them, but we know they, there's talent all over the place. What is the biggest enemy of youth? And that's experience. And they don't want to give the Packers more bites at the apple on offense because they're going to figure it out within the course of a game. You know, the more shots they have at it, the more big plays they're going to make. So if you're the Bears, you're thinking, let's let's shorten the game. 
let's not give that offense as many opportunities to get into any type of rhythm because they're all young and they're all still meshing together. Can we keep them off the field? And if we can do that, if we can control the clock, who knows, you know, what is able going to be, what's going to become of this offense as they are kind of navigating the waters of 12's gone. It's, it's 10 back there now. You know, we can't look back there and see Aaron saying like, hey, we're going to go down here and score. Like it, Jordan's just not there, right? When Jordan says something like that, like, hey, we're going we're gonna to go down and score on this drive. It just doesn't mean the same thing as when Aaron Rodgers says it. Like, he has to earn that still. Yep. Um, and I'm one of Jordan Love's biggest supporters, and and that's just a fact. He has to earn that respect from his team because he has it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you talk to any of these guys, I don't think they're joking when they say, we can't wait to put it on the line for Jordan Love. I get that. But there's still a part in your brain that cannot accept believing things like that until you see it on the field. So that's, that's my biggest fear going into this week with the bears, but man, like I feel good. I feel good about this game. Um, I feel like on offense, they can, they can kind of get what they want when they want. And I would not be shocked if you see this team come out and start fast. Um, that has to be, that has to be an emphasis all off season because that is something that they struggled with last year. Uh, that's something they struggled with under Matt LaFleur. they, uh, have not played well in their first game. So I guess I would kick it back to to either of you guys to kind of talk about, you know, with the Bears coming in, granted, again, they're first in the waiver wire for a reason. But what about the Bears team does give you any type of anxiety or any type of worry um, when you kind of just break this team down? I think you mentioned it, and that is that, you know, the Packers' weakness is Chicago's strength in theory, right? Like Khalil Herbert, we talked about Herbert – we talked about Deontay Foreman and the bears want to run the ball, you know, and that was where some of the games like green Bay lost last year, where it was like, man, how did they lose to them? It's like, well, they're, you know, the other, it's hard in this day and age in the NFL to get a team committed to saying, we're going to run the ball 35 times. And we're okay. If it's a little boring and looks a little ugly sometimes because we're committed to doing that. Like new England, took green Bay to overtime last year in part because they were willing to do that. And the Packers couldn't slow down their running game. You know, Chicago's running game. And not only that, I mean, it's still, it's difficult to stop Justin Fields from running. Like you saw it last year, there's his touchdown run against Green Bay in Chicago. It schemed up perfectly. Keyshawn Nixon, one-on-one against Justin Fields. You've got a guy and you have him accounted for in that gap. Fields makes a miss 60 yards later, there's seven points on the board. And that is, he's as dynamic as anybody with the ball in his hands. Now, the question is, can he beat you with his arm consistently? I don't know. I haven't seen him do that yet. But I don't know if the Packers can necessarily force him to do those things. The other thing that I would worry about would be, you mentioned starting fast. Even in preseason games, it has taken Love and the offense a minute to kind of get going a little bit. Uh, the first game, they didn't score on their first possession. Well, I mean, whatever, that happens. The second game, it took them a while the third game, they kicked a field goal on their first drive, but then it took them a while to get into the end zone. And it was clear, at least to me, that Matt LaFleur's desire for that game was go down the field, score a touchdown, get them out the game. Well, then they didn't – because they didn't take the guys out of the game until they had scored on something like that. So if you want anxiety, that is where it would lie for me. But 
I mean, Trey, I don't know where you see any, if you see something that, you know, maybe we haven't talked about, but I just look at from what we think we know about the Packers, at least is that they match up better with Chicago in, in the areas that Chicago doesn't have as many advantages, if that makes sense. But I don't know if you feel the same way. Uh, for sure. I, I definitely, I definitely see, I think it goes both ways to be honest. Um, the Packers might have more areas where they're like, Hey, we check these boxes of, we got strengths, they got weaknesses, but you know, kind of like he mentioned about Packers struggle, struggling in the run defense. And then obviously the bears being a run team um, that kind of, you know, offsets that a little bit. I'd say that the two things that strike me about the bears um, and this being also a week one matchup is, First, it's it's the what if with Justin Fields, right? Like we've everyone sit, sat there and talked about it, and we know how good he is as an athlete running the ball. We know how you know big of a threat he is. It's the what if he puts the passing game together? What if adding DJ Moore and you know seeing if he can he can spread the field out a little better? What if that turns him into a complete quarterback like he kind of was at Ohio State, and they're throwing the ball around for 300 yards. He runs for another 100. Um, that obviously would present even more challenges because now you don't, you don't know what they're going to do. They can they can be anywhere they want to. Um, so if if they're able to put that together, then that, you know, not only is that a problem for the Packers, that's a problem for the entire league uh, because now he's, he's as big of a two-way threat as you have. Um, so there goes that. And then the, the second thing for me would be as far as the Packers – um, and it might not be just for the Bears, but obviously it's week one. This is who they're playing. It's how soon can the youth on offense get to the point where they feel like, hey, we got what we need? Because I, I think if you just look at it, you say, hey, we have some really great pieces. No matter – look at okay, they're 24, 23, 22. Quarterback has one career start, whatever, whatever. You got a quarterback that has all the tools. You have – two massive wide receivers who really have everything you could look for as a wide receiver skill set. I got two guys you're probably comfortable with getting 80 to hundred plus targets a year. You got a young slot receiver who has a, a perfect skill set that you think, you know, can complement your, your other two guys. And you have at least one athletic tight end who presents mis- presents mismatch problems for anyone in the league, but it's how soon can all of those guys, get to a level where hey we're we're really like that we we can we can mess with anyone who steps on the field with us so you know you guys mentioned that the the team has struggled to get going uh early in games the past couple years all right now to be honest that's not even really relevant for most of this offense because besides the o-line these guys haven't played the last couple years most of them most of them played a year at most besides the running backs and and the o-line so um you know can they wipe that slate clean and just say, hey, we have everything we need to be successful uh, from play one and on, you know, let's do this. Uh, the The preseason is over. They they got, for the most part, they all got the reps they needed. Um, they saw plenty of different looks. They, they saw some success. They saw some failure. Um, and they all should have something to learn from and, and go into the season, you know, ready to go. Uh, so it, it's just how fast can they really get that done? One other concern that I would toss out there just as in games that Green Bay is going to play in this year, and I do think they're going to have a lot of those could go one way. And most NFL games are this way in general, but I think the Packers may end up with more than most just because they're learning that group, like you mentioned, is inexperienced. So they're learning 
how to win and what it takes to win in the NFL. They are breaking in a new snapper, a new holder, a new punter, and a new kicker. And that is the difference between, you know, there's a, a preseason game, and I'm not piling on. Anders Carlson had a nice finish to the preseason. But, for example, I think he missed two PATs and a field goal against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, what, five points. That can be the difference between between winning or losing. Uh, the Packers have had – even the strong finish from Carlson has marred a little bit because against Seattle a couple weeks ago, they had a kick blocked. And that's something that – and I know it's not just the coordinator. However, you know, Rich Passaccia is the highest paid special teams coordinator in football that's been reported – and there are too many instances of things like that happening. And, and, you know, as fans, we sit back and the Packers were ranked 22nd in def- or, uh, special teams DVOA and Rick Goslin's special teams rankings. And we're like elated with that. And the reality is like that's still pretty below average. And they're breaking in some newer guys this year. So I'll be curious to see, you know, what kind of growing pains happen on that front. Do they struggle on that front? The, a lot of the quote unquote issues on special teams got masked by the fact that Keyshawn Nixon was an all pro returner a season ago. And that could be something that is an equalizer in green Bay's direction as well. But guys, we're running into the end of the show here. It is the first prediction of the season time. The Packers will play the bears. Like I mentioned Sunday, three twenty-five central time at soldier field. Jacob Morley will be in attendance as a photographer and staying at my house for reasons. I still haven't fully figured out why that happened or how that happened just yet. But you are not the guest of honor, Mr. Morley. Trey Watson is. So, Trey, you get first crack. I need a final score and who wins. And we will do this every week. So don't tell me you're not yeah. doing scores and you're not picking Oh, teams. no, that's all good. That's, that's all good. <laughs> let's let's see who can, you know, get that crystal ball out. But um, week one, man, I I really feel like um, everybody gets gets to Sunday healthy. That's, that's also a big caveat uh, with this team, especially – as they were last year, uh, they struggle with that. But um, everyone gets out there, man. I think this offense gets rolling and is confident. Um, and this game bodes well for the for the future. I'm looking at 31-17 uh, Green Bay, somewhere in that in that realm. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I just see them putting it together. Uh, there's just no reason that they shouldn't. You know, the, the stars are aligned, man. You you, you got an O line that's protecting them up front. Uh, I think I think ten comes out there and has a, has a real solid game and and everything looks well in in Lambo or for Lambo. Morley, I was you know I was I'm on the fence with that prediction because the thirty one is a big number for week one. Without a doubt, team. like can they? Absolutely, absolutely, can they? Will they? God, I hope so. You know, because they <laughs> could think- come out and do that. If you remove the 43-point explosion against Minnesota in 2020, I think that's more points than they've scored in season openers under Matt LaFleur combined. It might be. If, Ten against wow. Chicago. Yeah, if you, remove, against, the four, if you, remove, if you remove the 40-burger, I know that's a, big, yeah, whatever. that's a big caveat. I know that. Yeah. But they scored seven last year, three against – yeah, it's 20 because they scored yeah. 10 against Chicago. Well, hey, seven it sounds like they're due. It sounds like they're due then. Yeah, so, if, you, if you believe in do, then there you go. Anyways, go yeah, ahead, Jake. I, I I just think, you know, I I I want to echo everything Trey just said because everything he said, I think he hit the nail on the head. Like this team, you know, if they get it, and Trey believes they will, so do I. I just don't know if it's going to be week one. Um, I I so I'm going to go a little bit lower score. I got the Packers winning, um, but I could see like a 24-17 type deal. 
um, where it is a little bit closer. I think the offense is going to look the way I, I think I, I want to describe this offense is it's it's a Ferrari with a permit driver right now. <laughs> so it's going to look real good sometimes. And then other times I think you're going to see them riding the clutch, you know, kind of grinding the gears a little bit at times. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think 24-17, I don't, I don't think the Bears offensively just are going to have enough firepower to be able to – to crack 20. And I think 20 is the number to get to in this game. If you can get above 20, you're going to win it. Um, and the bears defense stinks. It's very bad. So um, this is a great opener for the Packers and for these young kids out there playing. Uh, they got a really, you know, bad defense uh, allegedly, you know, last year we talked about how bad the Lions defense was twice. And then they just shoved it down the Packers throats. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm 24, 17 Packers on top. Packers on top, 24-17. I'll say this. When you look at these teams, we pitch it as – and, you know, the optimism surrounding the Bears pitches it as, like, the changing of the guard. Rodgers is gone, so, like, it's their time to rise. The problem that I have with that is, like you guys have kind of mentioned, that they were a two- or three-year rebuild away when Ryan Poles took over. And I think Ryan Poles knew that which was part of his reason. Part of it is I do think they believe in Justin Fields and want to see that through. But part of that I think was his reasoning for trading out of the number one pick and trying to get future assets and kind of build this team. Uh, This offseason was about building them from worst team in the NFL to respectability. And they may very well find that at some point during the year. But again, if you start looking at just pure talent and difference makers and stuff like that, like Rashawn Gary is going to play. And even on a pitch count, that's massive. He's one of the best players at his position. Jair Alexander is going to play. He is in the discussion as best cornerback in football. David Bakhtiari is going to play. He's in the discussion as best left tackle in football. And then you look at the upsides of stuff. Like, again, the Christian Watson's last game, like we talk about, and I'm not doing this just because Trey's here. I'm dead serious when I say this too. His last game of the season, six catches, 106 yards, and he was the focal point of the passing game. Like the offense was at its best when it was running through him. Now they have a chance to do that without some of the other mitigating factors maybe surrounding that particular situation and a little bit more speed and talent around him, quite frankly, with Jaden Reed and and Luke Musgrave. And and not to mention the offensive line being healthy and at a run game that could be uh, a, a nice supplement to that. I do worry that like Green Bay being as young of a team as they are, there's going to be moments where you're like, oh, that was dumb. Or like that was just, you know, rookie mistakes or young team kind of mistakes. And I do think those things will happen on Sunday as well, uh, which is why I think this game ends up a little bit closer than maybe what you guys do. I have it 27-20, but I do think the Packers ultimately win just because, again, I know you could say if you remove the quarterbacks, that's kind of a stupid thing to say kind of in general just because you can't do that. But if you remove the quarterbacks, the Packers are a more talented team on paper. And obviously on paper doesn't play things. A lot of things can happen between now and Sunday. But if both teams are at their relative health that we're expecting them to be at when we get to Sunday afternoon, I think Green Bay wins. So we have a clean sweep for our first prediction of the season. Since it is before the season two, guys, this is kind of silly in practice, but I do it every year. I pick all 17 games that the Packers play, and then I pick playoffs and a Super Bowl team. So – um, I just want you guys to go through your preseason Super Bowl pick. Uh, and then yes or no, you can just say yes or no. Do the Packers make the playoffs? Morley, I'll let you start with yes or no. Do the Packers make the playoffs? And then what's your Super Bowl and winner? 
20, 20 and 0, Packers on top at the end of the season. That's what I'm <laughs> No, I think, man, I think this team wins. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I say yes. Like, I'm going to be optimistic. I think this Packers team is going to figure it out. The NFC is wide open. Uh, I think this is the playoff team. I think this is the playoff caliber roster. You just talked about the quarterbacks, um, and that is the huge caveat for this team. But as far as talent on a roster, uh, I think the Packers match up really well with anyone in the NFC. Um, again, all about the quarterback. Uh, Super Bowl picks is I'm going to go with the Chiefs to repeat. I think uh, I think it's Patrick Mahomes' world, and we're all just living in it right now. I think you're reverse jinxing because you don't want that to happen. No, but. Of course I don't want it to happen, but <laughs> I think it is. I think it will. All right, Trey? Uh, yeah, man. So as far as the playoffs, I think this is a playoff football team uh, in Green Bay. Um, I just think there's no reason that uh, they put it together. They can't be a double-digit win team. Um, you know, I'm just looking at the division, looking at everything around them. It, it, it just should happen. Uh, you, youth or not, you got to, you know, you got to maximize what you got. And if they do, playoffs playoffs are in their future. Um, as far as Super Bowl, I'm going to probably, you know, go with exactly what Morley said. I, I don't see the Chiefs um, not being able to repeat probably unless, you know, something happens to Mahomes. Obviously, you know, you never want to see injuries, but it is a part of the game. Um, but they're, he's just, you know. He's different. Uh, him and Travis Kelsey. I saw someone earlier on Twitter said, as long as the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes, and Andy Reid, uh, they're going to be a Super Bowl-type team, no matter who else is around them. Um, you know, so it's just it's, – it's hard to see it going any other way right now with the type of football team they got. I said it last week. They are the new Belichick, Brady, New England Patriots, where every year you can pencil them into the AFC championship game. It's just a matter of, do you want to pick against them? And I'm going to do it. <laughs> Maybe that's not the smartest way to go. Patrick Mahomes, to me, is the best quarterback I've seen play, not named Tom Brady at this point, and that may just be a matter of time before even that changes. Uh, but I am going to take the team that I feel like should have won last year's Super Bowl, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think that Jalen Hurts goes to another level that he was at from last season, and especially if he could stay healthy, he could potentially win league MVP honors, uh, do some stuff like that. They they lost some guys, but they brought in some other guys. Jalen Carter, I think, could be defensive rookie of the year kind of player if he gets enough snaps. But And maybe I'm doing it just in the vein of being different. And nobody has repeated as Super Bowl champions since the Patriots did it in the early 2000s. So it has been a while. If there is a team to do it, it would be Mahomes and Reed and, and all of those guys. But we're out of time, guys. Oh, and the Packers. Um, I'd pick them to miss the playoffs. Uh, I just Ooh. think there's going to be – yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. But I just think there's going to be some ups and downs, and I think you'll see they'll win a game or two that they probably shouldn't, and I think they'll lose a game or two that they probably shouldn't. And then, you know, one of those games is going to be the one that bites you. And then at the end of the year, you're like, man, if they had just won that one game over here, that they were better than this team, but they didn't. And, you know, just whatever it is that happens. But I reserve the right to change my mind because I'm asking, you're asking me on September 4th, you know, this could be a completely different team by the time December 4th hits. So we'll see what happens between now and then. We're out of time. Check out the show at Packaday Podcast. Go ahead and check out Andy Herman. He made a boatload of announcements today, so I'm not going to try and recap all of them because there were quite a few, but welcome to our new team members, which includes Trey Watson. Trey, where can we find you on Twitter and the rest of your work? Uh, Twitter, it's uh, with at MDQUE underscore 33. 
You'll see 33 everywhere I go. Uh, that's just my thing. Uh, Instagram, Trey underscore Watson 33. Uh, that's that's about it. And then you can find Jacob Morley. He's at Jacob Morley. You can find me. I am at Jacob Westdorf. We're out of time. It's game week. Next week we'll be back to preview uh, what I am calling Jordan Love's first true road game as a start down in Atlanta against the Falcons, Desmond Ritter, and, and that crew. But thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll see you then. the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done